Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, pick Guardian. Jared Brandon, Brandon Wompus. Hey, everybody, it's me, Todd Novak, and we're through. <laughs> we had to restart because I forgot to hit record, but we're glad that you're here Woo-hoo! listening to us anyways. Yay! Welcome. Oh, my goodness. I'm a moron. Yeah. Uh, so we, yeah, we got about what five, six minutes into the show. <laughs> um, but that's, that's right. okay. We're we're gonna do it all over for you, and and with and we won't reenact anything. Why not? We don't do that because we're sincere, baby. Um, listen, we are super happy that you are along for the ride uh, for the Guitar Knobs podcast tonight. We have a great show in front of us, uh, gentlemen. What do we do? We talk about guitars, stuff like that. And gear, uh huh, amps, amps, pedals, pedals, pedal boutique boards, builders, boutique and builders. Occasionally, we get somebody who is influencing all these things uh, in one and way or another, reviewing them and reviewing them, such as our guest who's on the line. I'm Rhett Scholl, professional guitarist, uh, semi professional videographer, video maker, something like that. Excellent. Well said. Uh, you've got a fantastic YouTube channel, Rhett, and that's why you're on the show. Appreciate it. Yes. I uh, was, I actually ran into it completely on accident. I don't, I can't even remember how, but I was like, wait, what's this? Uh, oh, that's right. I was looking up overdrives and your, your video came up, which was stacking overdrives. And I watched it and I was like, I like this guy. So let's get him on the show. I appreciate your approach. Um, you're clearly a professional in, in, uh, you know, in your production, in your playing, in your, you know, all things considered, but you're, you you approach your content for those who are not professionals, and that is appreciated because I'm that. Well, Obviously. I'm <laughs> <laughs> he wears a record button. <laughs> I don't see anything red. <laughs> Whoops. Oh, boy. Anyways, uh, so we have got a fantastic show for you. We're very excited about it. I'm going to run through a little bit of news, and then we'll get on with all the good stuff. Uh, just really quick, I want to give a rundown. We've got a whole lot of great guests coming up for you guys. We have SNK Pedals, which I just kind of hyping up on uh, Instagram. I, I received his pedals, and I was, like, really wowed by them. We had a ringing endorsement from none other than ding ling John Schneider, who chimed in immediately and said, these things are the real deal. Um, we also have Henry Amps coming up, and Cooper Effects, and Native Audio, formerly Red House Electronics. Mike, ah, Mike, Mike Trombley, our our uh, our old uh, I miss our long Mikey, lost man. co-host. I wish he would come on the show more often. Yes, and is he coming to the studio? He is coming in. Oh, the studio. No, it'll be like old times. Yeah, we've got Tone Snob is going to be on soon. Sweet, and we got your boys, the Painters. Oh yeah, yes, the Painters, Lays, up up in Akron. That's right. They're going to come in and talk to us about are they coming guitar? AKA yeah. oh, cool. Dan up at Lays. Yeah, man, Joel. Do yep. they make potato chips? No, but I wish they did. Those are my favorite. Okay. Woo-hoo. Make sure you listen to us on Spotify if you get a chance, or continue listening wherever you're at. Like, wherever you're comfortable is cool. Still on YouTube. Right? And don't forget to like us and write a review and all that stuff, too. That yeah. is true. Please do that. If you don't um, like us, just forget about it. Yes. Well, yeah. Yeah. Or or just tell us why. Yeah. That, that'll work. I'll listen to yeah, you. Yeah, you tell us why on the back of a $20 bill. <laughs> just tell Todd it. why. Uh, I also wanted to give a... Sincere shout out to Jared and Tony for being part of the show. Like, honestly, I look forward to this every single week. I thoroughly enjoy your guys' friendship. I appreciate your contribution to the show, and I'm glad that Tony's back. Thank you. You are welcome. That's the way I like it. It's Uh as if I never left. That was so sweet. Thank you. I appreciate (laughs) that. Well, I was editing, and uh, I listened to Tony to uh, to Jared talking about his uh, tooth thing, which is on the honey tea uh, one that that I was <laughs> recently editing, and I was just laughing. I was like, "I who else would talk about going to the dentist on a guitar show? I love it." Wow. Uh, anyways, um, we got a little bit of news. Yes, yeah. I just uh, happened to notice that uh, Gibson has announced a new leadership team. Mm-hmm. And it apparently starts with the new CEO slash president, uh, James Curley, who goes by JC. 
Mm. Yeah. He was the Levi's. He was from Levi yeah. Strauss. That's right. Uh, they also named a new uh, chief marketing officer and chief financial officer, too. So hopefully... And that was not me. No, it was not you. I did apply, though. For the CFO? Gibson. Or CMO. You messed up. Oh, my God. They, right. they don't know what they're missing. I know. But uh, hopefully that's it's a harbinger of, of good things to come for Gibson. Apparently, JC is, uh, is a guitar fan and a Gibson fan. And... Uh, so I think it's always good to have well, someone. That's what his resume write, said. Yeah. <laughs> write the ship. <laughs> yeah. And write the ship. So hopefully get it back up, yep. sailing smooth and straight. Nice. I well like done. Rhett, you uh, recently had a, an episode on your YouTube called WTF Gibson? Question <laughs> mark. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that was an interesting video. I didn't, it's definitely my biggest video, and I did not anticipate it being as, as big as it has gotten. And uh, nor did I anticipate it being as controversial um, as it's become. But yeah, I basically just talked about, if you haven't seen the video, I kind of went on a little bit of a rant and, and shared my unfiltered opinion that about the 2019 Les Paul standard, where I just, <sighs> I just think it's the wrong guitar at the wrong time for Gibson. And, you know, I guess we can get into more detail that, about that later. But yes. uh, I think, I think this is good news. Seeing this today, a subscriber of mine sent me the, article i haven't had a chance to read it yet but yeah it's really encouraging i mean if, if you get into it a little further it, it basically it looks like the strategy is thing or things that we have talked about one simplifying the line yes getting back to the things that made gibson famous getting rid of the ancillary things like headphones and yep. recording equipment and all Video the other monitors things. that have flame maple <laughs> tops on the front of them yeah or guitars that have rainbows <laughs> <laughs> or they tune themselves. Yes. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a good thing, and people that uh, that I know that work at Gibson are also feeling good about the change. Excellent. So I, I think it's it's gonna it's it's gonna turn into a a, a more positive uh, thing for Gibson. Great. And then in fifteen or twenty years, when I can afford to buy a used one from this year, <laughs> it'll be great. Nah, it's going to be. The, I, <laughs> I predict the big market is going to be pre two thousand and five Gibsons. Oh yeah, because that's the last of of really true rosewood. None of the goofy stuff that they started doing in the mid teens mm. with the auto. Well, then I'm then I'm aces. Yeah, so get right. yourself a two, pre two thousand five. All right, words of wisdom by Tony. Yes. All right. So with that, we're going to jump into what's going on in our music worlds this week. Uh, Tony, we haven't heard from you in a long time. Yeah. Except for right now. So let's listen to Jared. <laughs> well, <clears throat> I was actually <laughs> sifting through the um, social medias, mm -hmm. and I found something that caught my eye, and I was like, wow, that is so cool. That'll be so awesome to talk about uh, today, because um, I've been pretty much busy with boring stuff, and nobody wants to hear about boring stuff. So I, I was looking at this this uh, post this guy posted and it was a, a small pedal and it's called the maestro fuzz tone maestro mm. fuzz tone okay and it must have been right after gibson bought maestro in the early 60s and there's there's it's a small black pedal and the two knobs on it are actual top hat knobs which you know people know what they are if you're a big vintage gibson guy same knobs they put on their sgs um and other model guitars and so i recognized those right away and um and this was a really early early model this gentleman had posted and you look on the back of it and it has a patent applied for decal the exact same one you find on the you know godly expensive um gibson humbuckers from the ungodly but that's okay ungodly expensive <laughs> Yeah, you're right. Is that with a capital G or a lowercase? I don't know. Yeah. Well, capital, if you're talking about the double creams. They're, <laughs> they're really expensive, okay? <laughs> so when you look at the back of this Maestro pedal, you see this decal on the top. And, it, and it's confusing because you see the same decal on the original old pickups that go for big money. Big money. And, and the... Patent applied for, in short, is PAF, and people refer to humbuckers as PAF pickups. Like, oh, hey, I got this really cool PAF the other day. 
So I don't think people are going to really make that connection when they see the decal, but I just thought it was really, really cool. Is that, I mean, is that on the outside of the box or inside the box? It's on the outside of the bottom of the box. Oh, okay, cool. And it's the same same decal? Yep. Huh. Exact same decal. I got pictures of it, but the viewers out there can't see it. Well, All right. There you have it. <laughs> Lovely. Uh, Rhett, let's hear from you. Uh, well, this is kind of a crazy week. Um, I had rehearsal today. I've got a couple of shows coming up this week with a friend of mine named Noah Guthrie, who I've been playing with for probably five or six years now. And from the show, I'm going to be driving to Wilmington, North Carolina, to Mojo Tones headquarters to do. Um, they're doing this amp building class mm. and they invited me to come out and basically build, I think like a tweed deluxe or something like that and, and make a video about it. So that's going to be a lot of fun. I've never built an amp before I've modded my blues junior, but that's about it. And then I guess technically this is next week, but as soon as I get home, I'll be getting on a plane to fly to Oman in the middle East. We're flying all the way there to play a 30 minute acoustic set. Wow. <laughs> and, and coming right back. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. How, well, how long of a flight is that? Uh, you know, I was looking at it today from, I live in Atlanta. So from Atlanta to Doha and Qatar is like 13 and a half hours. <sighs> so that's going to be a lot of fun. Oh my. But the place we're playing is really cool. It's like some five-star resort. It's a basically a corporate gig. And it looks like a place that Bond villains would hang out at. So <laughs> spending two days in the middle east and coming straight home so yeah are you gonna are you gonna have a chance at least stay there a little bit or did you say you gotta come right back well we're gonna be there for two days so we'll okay. fly out on monday uh i don't know when the show is and and then I, i'm just anticipating not sleeping for about 36 hours because it's maybe 10 hours ahead eight hours ahead wow. i have no idea i'm just gonna be in a different that's grueling space. man yeah yeah but it's gonna be a lot of fun man I, I love doing that kind of stuff so not well, sleeping for 36 hours. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, <laughs> you can do that right here at home. Well, right. No, that's why I got into music, man. You know, sleeping in the back of vans and all that stuff. I just saw a homeless guy in the subway that <laughs> was nodding off, and I don't think he slept for 36 hours. He couldn't stay awake. That's quite possible. Yeah. Uh, Tony? Yeah. What do you got going on this week? This week? <laughs> Gosh, you know, it's it's been crazy. I've been I've been off for 2 weeks on vacation and had a great time. And uh while I was gone, um I uh I had a a, a little treat delivered to home. Mhm. And it was something that I I was really curious about. And I and I you know, usually when I do things like this, they don't turn out as positive. But um I went on to uh, it's I think it's DHgate. It's a it's basically the Chinese Amazon, and um, I found a Johnny Ramone uh, Moserite replica, mm -hmm. and I, I I really I said so so delivered from China. The thing costs two hundred and forty one dollars with shipping, um, and I said this is going to be. Yeah, I almost bought one. With yeah, you. yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. What? I mean, it's it, it's so ridiculously cheap um, uh, that even if it was really bad, it wouldn't be like losing a thousand dollars. No. So, um, so I had uh, you know I had the foresight to contact the guy or the company that's building this thing, and there were a couple of things that they kind of misrepresented in terms of photography, and we finally got the proper pictures of things as they would be made and we had to go back and forth a couple of times. They made a couple of mistakes, but, um, so I got it. I got it when I got home, uh, went to the post office and it was waiting for me, cracked it open. And it is, I have to say for a 240 some dollar guitar, it is, it, it's a really pretty darn close to a Moserite. Um, Johnny's guitar was a, like a mid sixties, uh, uh, ventures two model, which was the, a slab body that they only, they made maybe 60 of before, uh, semi Mosley said, no, I want it to have German, German cur or German, uh, carving on the right. top again. But, um, 
So it, it was really, uh, I, I was very pleasantly surprised. And so, for those who don't know what a German carve is, would you explain that really quick? Yeah, it's just kind of like a, a border carve around the outside edge of the top. Yeah, like, um, a, like a bevel, like a scooped bevel. Yeah, it's like a scooped of. bevel, yeah. yeah, basically. And uh, that was kind of a, a typical Moserite thing. But the Ventures 2 model, they were trying to make a, a maybe a little less expensive uh, version of it. And, uh, and, and Semi put the, uh, put the brakes on that and they went back. So there's just a, a very short period of time that they made the Ventures 2 model. And Johnny actually had two of the 60 uh, that were made. The first one was a blue one that was stolen. And then he uh, found a white one uh, that had a lot of modifications to it. Right. So, um, I basically, so I started by taking it all apart and <laughs> I mean, the electronics were bad. Uh, they have fake Grover tuning machines on it. Uh, so those, you know, I have replacements coming for that. I put new, the proper electronics in it, had to do some routing inside the body so that I could actually put full size potentiometers in. And, uh, I think it's going to turn into a pretty cool guitar. It's a little heavier than I thought it might be, mm -hmm. but you know, again, for the money, you know, I, I really can't complain. So we'll post some pictures of that as, uh, as, as the project is completed. Nice. So. Excellent. Well, I'm glad you bought it. <laughs> it's cool. I dig it, but yeah. You can always borrow it. <laughs> I, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, let's see. I brought home from my recent trip to Georgia. I stopped down and hung out with Nick Greer at his uh, Greer Amp business, and uh, that was cool. We had a good time hanging out, got myself a little hat, and uh, I picked up the Southland Harmonic Overdrive, which was uh, which is pretty cool. Plugged that in, got some sweet tones out of it. Um, super solid build. Uh, a you know everything the guy makes is legit and it's really good quality. So um, I'm know experimenting with that and seeing where it fits within my sound uh does it fit within our new band is it just a uh you know what what do i do with it so i'm checking it out what do you mean by harmonic or overdrive well explain that a little. um i unfortunately am not the authority on harmonic overdrives uh what i what i pull that to be is it has it it kind of has the um you know, uh, like overtones, like when you get into fuzz territory, sometimes you get like those kind of harmonic overtones. It, it, it does have that quality, almost like, um, like, uh, a really pushed, if you got a, a, a really pushed guitar out of a neck pickup, you kind of get that sort of extra buzz to it that isn't necessarily distortion. It's just an extra kind of sound. Yeah. That's that's the way I'm interpreting. But if somebody else has a more scientific approach to it, uh, happy to hear it. I Brett, always do you want to add of, to that? I always think <laughs> of harmonics. Yeah, I mean that's kind of. I mean, I don't. Uh, if there's any like actual engineers or anybody listening, there people are gonna John Snyder's <laughs> their heads are exploding right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, I know I guess a little bit about like you know first order and second order harmonics and and kind of how that stuff works. My dad is an electrical engineer by training um and so i've kind of grown up around that stuff but i i don't know if that's designed into the overdrive pedal i think it's, it's really designed or... it's it's like the sympathetic notes that that you, you get i mean basically they're yeah. octaves apart yeah and i think what the pedal is designed to do is to to amplify or or make those happen more easily yeah i t i'm taking it as it's called the southland overdrive and and I, I did zero research on it. We just talked about it. And I said, yeah, let me check that out. Uh, but to me, it sounded like something that if you were trying to get sort of a Billy Gibbons or kind of a, uh, for lack of a better term, Southern Rocky kind of sound, it it has a little bit of that to it. That's why I was taking it. I could be way off. I don't know. But that's what I'm interpreting it as. Can you use that with a harmonica? You probably could. It would probably sound amazing. <laughs> And while singing harmonies? Yes. And that's All Greer Amps from beautiful <laughs> Athens, Georgia. Yeah. Home of so I'm the still... B-52s. Yes. R.E.M. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Indigo Girls. Okay. There are a whole bunch of bands that came yeah. out from uh, Athens, Georgia. Yeah. Is that a pretty big town? 
College town. It's a college yeah. town. Yeah. College town? Bulldogs. Yep. Yep, but we won't get into that. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, so yeah, good stuff from, from Nick. And um, speaking of pedals. One, two, one, two, three. Four on the floor. Okay, Rhett, give us your four on the floor. All right, well, first, since we were just talking about Greer, uh, I would definitely have to go with the light speed. Um, I've had my light speed since maybe 2014 or 15, something like that. I mm. bought it at Atlanta Discount Music, which is, if anybody is familiar with the Atlanta area, you know about Discount Music. That place is a, uh, a cornerstone of the Atlanta gear scene. But I've owned it, and it has been used on literally every gig, every session, every pedal board I've had since I've owned it. It's almost, It's pretty much an always-on pedal for me. Um, I usually run my amps relatively clean and I use the light speed as a way of just kind of kicking the amp a little bit harder to, to get, you know, kind of that little sweet edge of breakup tone. So it's great. It also works incredibly well with almost every other overdrive or distortion or fuzz I've put either in front of it or behind it. In fact, the overdrive stacking video, Todd, that you saw was inspired by the light speed because mm-hmm. I, it just works well with every pedal I've used it with. It's, it's amazing. So definitely the light speed, um, you know, from there I would probably go with the Jex Telez Canyon climber. So it's this very crazy, uh, fuzz box that was recommended to me by a, uh, a, a producer and musician who I really, really respect a guy up in Nashville and, he produced uh, one of the artists that I play for, Jesse Wilson, and they used this this fuzz tone on basically every guitar part on her record. And uh, it's I'm trying to remember what it's a clone of. It's a, a clone of an old Japanese fuzz from the 70s that I'm totally blanking on right now. But it's this just crazy, it's what I call a character effect, which is something that it's it's not an effect you would use on every tune, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. used maybe once or twice during a set, but man, when you kick that thing on, it just, it literally turns people's heads. If, if I'm on a gig or whatever, and I, I hit that fuzz, I can literally watch a couple people in the crowd, like look over like, what is that? It's just, it's amazing. I love it. It's also a lot of fun to stack with uh, like a really crazy reverb, like a big, huge, washy reverb sound for some reason is a lot of fun with this gnarly fuzz tone so um that's, and then, a, that's a great way to characterize the uh that type of effect we've you know we've used uh different adjectives to characterize certain pedals which are like really just color or noise but yeah. uh, a character effect is uh i think that's a a, a good term for that yeah, and I feel like it's it it's kind of a wide umbrella, right? You can fit a lot of different, you know, effects or sounds under that sort of name. But I don't know. I feel like everybody needs at least one of those on their board, or, or at least one of those types of sounds that you can pull out in a uh, in a set and mm-hmm. kind of you know grab people's attention. So for me, it's like either that or an octafuzz. I have a the Hoofreaper V two from mm-hmm. Earthquaker that I love that is that same way. I like um, using that octave effect and then rolling the the volume on the guitar almost all the way off. So it gets this really spitty gated thing, but that's, right. that's not my third pedal. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think my third pedal would be the Vertex Ultraphonics that just came out, um, which is essentially like a Dumble Overdrive special in a box. And I don't, I think you had that on that, video as well and i went and checked it out after that yeah yeah so i think on that video i was using oh god no i can't remember either the dynamic or the steel string it was probably steel string i was using on that one okay Um, which is another dumble in a box from vertex that's the steel string singer um now you know i don't have personal experience owning an overdrive special or a steel string singer or touring on one because they're incredibly expensive um but i just really like the way that thing responds i've had it for about three weeks i put it on my board as soon as i got it from mason and it hasn't come off um so it's it's really touch responsive and that's one thing that i really like when it comes to overdrives uh, especially is the touch 
sensitivity because as guitar players, we have the ability, like we have different ways of expression uh, on our instrument that say a piano doesn't have, you know, or, or drums don't have. And the fact that we can bend notes, we can vibrato and we have, well, I guess pianos do have, you know, touch dynamics and everything, but that's to me, touch dynamics is the reason I don't run a compressor on my board is because I like to be able to lighten my, my touch up and change the the tone that's coming out of the amp. And so that's one thing I really look for with any pedal that ends up on my board is how touch sensitive is it either by how hard you're hitting the guitar or, you know, rolling off the volume and the ultraphonics does that really, really well. So I hear you on that. I also have not been able to commit to a compressor for the same reason because I like pick attack to right. give me dynamic. Um, and that's oddly enough uh, something that I found in spades with that SNK uh, pedal, the CMO. It's called the CMO. It's got um, it's crazy sun design on it. Um, sure. And, and uh, I couldn't believe how touch sensitive that was. Yeah, I mean, compressors definitely have their place. Um, and I used to run a compressor. I had a JHS Pulp and Peel for a long time, which is a great, great pedal. But yeah. I just got to the point where it was like, okay, I, it's not letting me do what I want to do. So I took it off the board and haven't put one back on since. So I think if you're playing stuff that is that where you're... So I, I'm playing mostly rhythms and very attacky kind of things. Yeah. I think, I mean, at least my own personal experience or understanding is that if you're playing if you're playing uh things that require a, a maybe a more constant uh delicate touch or um more intricate type things then having a compressor might be maybe more helpful tony what do you think yeah i mean if you're doing like lead work and things like that some things that that need you know, maybe you're constant. Yeah. If you're, if you're, if your pick attack is, is changing, uh, it's, so it keeps your volume, note, yeah. the note volume about the, the same from note to note. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it, I, 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 I've never been one to like a compressor that's on all the time. It just never seems to, to work for, at least for me. Mm. I mean, it might work for some people. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it clearly does. I mean, Oh, absolutely. Uh -huh. And I, I totally get the compressor as like you turn it on if you're wanting to do like some chicken picking stuff or yeah. some funk rhythm yeah. stuff and you want that super squashed guitar sound. But I don't do that kind of stuff normally, so it doesn't earn a spot on the uh, on the pedal board. Yeah. So and then I guess fourth is one I just got last week that is blowing my mind. It's another Jex Telez fuzz they just came out with it's called the black drone wasp uh, i think there's only 50 right now but this thing is is doing the thing that i love fuzzes to do which is make my amp sound like it's about to just explode like <laughs> i that's rad that's exactly what i want from a fuzz is i want to i want the amp just to be like in pain and and screaming <laughs> so um this thing, from what I understand, uh, <laughs> I don't know anything about it. It just has two knobs, three switches. One is, and it's got a spray painted top on it, like a stenciled spray painted top. And it's got a knob labeled V, which I'm assuming is volume, and a knob labeled S, which I'm assuming is sustain. And then it has three switches that I don't know what they do. They change the sound somehow. They're not labeled. And <laughs> I, it, you That's know, kind of fun. Well, it, they are, they do have little, uh, uh, logos under them. One has like a high pass filter logo. The other has a low pass filter, but I think they're actually backwards <laughs> because when you flip, <laughs> when you flip the high pass, it actually gets fatty and more like bassier, I guess, if that's a word, uh -huh. fatter, not fatty, whatever. Um, that's a so different I think all together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah. You get more highs out of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, but it, it just sounds incredible, man. And it's, it does that thing, which is like, it makes your amp sound like it's about to die in a, in the best way possible. That's cool. So that is yeah. attractive sounding. You know, those are the first two, uh, Jackson's pedals that anybody's mentioned, which I'm actually really surprised about because that is one of those sort of more, um, 
uh, elusive boutique pedals that, you know, they've been around for a little bit and, and, um, they get, you know, they get highly spoken of, but I don't get, they haven't gotten mentioned that much. So I'm, I'm glad that you brought those up. Yeah. I, this, I, you know, I would never have bought the Canyon climber on my own. It was because I basically, the, the producer told me, he was like, dude, you know, if you're going to play these songs, this is the sound. So, so buy one. So I did and could not be happier with it. That's and great. So I, I started making some videos with it and, um, the owner of the company reached out and sent me some stuff and, and the stuff he sent me, it, all of it is good. He sent me three pedals and two of them ended up on the board. So, well, if you get, if you talk to him again, tell him we'd like to have him on the show. Sure. Cool. All right. That is solid form, my man. I like it. Yeah. So obviously you're pretty familiar with pedals as is showcased in your YouTube, which let me just, uh, you know, give a little bit of overview real quick while you're on the show for those who, <laughs> For whatever reason, may have just been, you know, turned it on and went out and got a cold drink and some ice and couldn't hear because the ice machine was too loud while I was setting you up. Uh, but essentially, your YouTube channel is solid. You've got a lot of really fantastic videos going into great detail from um, from a e- very educational standpoint, helping us understand tone, under- understanding pedal dynamics, understanding, you know, some some guitar dynamics. Uh, going into maybe even you know some 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 actual just playing help and understanding amps, so you're covering the whole gambit and you're doing so in a way that, from a visual standpoint, it's engaging. From an audio standpoint, it's engaging. From an educational standpoint, it's very engaging. So it's one of the better guitar guitar channels uh or guitar related uh, youtube channels that that i've encountered and i've encountered a lot uh so i was very anxious to get you on the show and i was happy that you said yes <laughs> well i appreciate it man I, that that's uh that's high praise coming from someone who's who's seasoned in the guitar youtube uh realm so yeah i you know i started the channel back in january of this year and really didn't know kind of what I was expecting or what my goals were for the first few months, but the past since June, really, it's really kind of gained some traction and it's now sort of become the full-time thing, which is awesome because it, it has allowed me to kind of take a step back from some of the gigs and some of the things I was doing that I wasn't necessarily happy about, you know, doing and allowed me to only take the stuff that I really want to take and focus on making videos, which is, a ton of fun and just getting to sit and and you know talk about gear or technique or share a story about how i got into music or whatever and then and kind of create a little film around it to me is incredibly engaging and i've learned a ton in this year of you know producing all this content and stuff so yeah i love it It, it's pretty amazing that you've only been doing that since june i mean you've got did you say June or January? Well, I started in January, and really the first four or five months were me kind of just throwing stuff against the wall until okay. something stuck. So, yeah, I, I wasn't checking the dates on him. Tony, <laughs> Tony corrected me because he's smarter than I am. Realize that, but uh, <laughs> he heard what I didn't hear. So, uh, so you you'd mentioned you you do things about how you got into music. Uh, yeah, why don't you? Why don't, can you share that with us now? Sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, I I grew up. And started playing guitar around the age of maybe 13. Uh, I heard Red House for the first time, you know, Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. And it it blew my mind. It's like a 12-year-old kid. I was like, what is this? I have to figure this out and do this. So got a guitar for Christmas. Um, just kind of as like an afterthought. My parents were like, okay, well, this is a cheap little $50 Strat or whatever from Walmart. And, you know, he'll play with it for a week and then it'll, you know, collect dust. And then... I got the guitar and it, it never, I've never put it down since. And so, you know, graduated school was always really tough for me. Barely graduated high school, failed out of college after a year. Um, and not long after that, I, I went to music school here in Atlanta and kind of decided that music was the path and what I needed to be doing. Uh, so went to music school at a place called Atlanta Institute of Music. And basically for 
a year straight did nothing but eat, sleep, and breathe guitar. It was the first time I'd ever been in any kind of learning environment. Up until then, I'd been totally self-taught on guitar, never had a lesson, never learned anything. And, you know, YouTube wasn't a thing back then. The internet was around, but YouTube wasn't. And so I was basically learning everything by ear. Um, so after about a year of, of intense musical uh, training, I, I got out and started playing full time, landed a couple of gigs playing in bars, you know, till two or 3am on a Saturday night, and then turning around, going home, getting a shower and, you know, playing a church gig at you know six and kind of just bouncing around and doing that kind of stuff. And um, from there, about a year into it, I met a guy named Rick Beato, who was a producer here in Atlanta, produced, um, I guess he's most well known for a band called Need to Breathe. He did the, their big three records and got into the studio with an artist I was playing with at the time we made a record and fell in love with the whole recording process. And so I asked Rick and his uh, assistant Ken for a, an internship and, you know, spent about three years under the uh, the tutelage of Rick and Ken and learned just a ton of information about, you know, recording and engineering and, and all this stuff. And the best part was um, they had me play on just about every record that came through that studio. So bands would be in and they would track their stuff. And then when they would leave, Rick would be like, okay, these five songs need guitar parts. So, you know, I was basically learning how to be a studio musician firsthand by actually wow. playing cool. on records and stuff, which to me, when I think about my music education, those three, three and a half years spent at that studio is really my, my music education and where I learned how to be a professional musician, you know? So, yeah. You know, few people probably get that kind of opportunity. Um, that's really cool that you had that, uh, that brought you up to the point where you are now you're touring, you're doing session, you're still doing session work. So at what point do you decide, Hey, this is a grind. I'm assuming that's kind of maybe what led to that. (laughs) Uh, What made you go, Hey, I'm going to jump into the incredibly deep ocean of YouTube guitar stuff. Well, it, what's funny was I, I never really had that, point you know i've definitely had gigs and stuff and and had periods in my time as a as a musician where i've been burned out you know been stuck on one gig for too long playing the same kind of stuff over and over again but at the time i started doing youtube i was actually really loving what i was doing i was touring with a band out of nashville called muddy magnolias i'd spent about two years with them and we played all over north america and canada and mexico and um, playing with my friend Noah Guthrie, who I'm, I'm still playing with. And so the, the way the YouTube thing kind of happened was I, I had been, you know, I spend most of my time, instead of watching Netflix or TV or sports or whatever, I watch YouTube. And I, I don't necessarily know why, but for years I've just been drawn into YouTube. And it just kind of clicked for me one day. I was talking to my wife, Tilly, and I was like, you know what? I This was about a year ago, actually. I was like, I, I want to start making YouTube videos. Just And she's like, well, why? And, and um, <laughs> I, well, it, it kind of ties to so my friend I was just talking about, Rick Beato. About two years ago, um, he started a YouTube channel. I, I had talked him into to getting into YouTube because Rick is a wealth of knowledge on music theory. And I'm sure you have some, some people that listen to the podcast that are Rick Beato subscribers, but Rick started a channel and it just exploded. He's now at like 560 something thousand subscribers. And it's just this huge, huge thing. And, you know, I saw how he was able to kind of transition from producing music full time into producing video and teaching and entertaining people and I was like, man, I want to, I want to try that and do it in my own way. I, I had an affinity for videography and photography, and you know, making and producing my own music and kind of combining with things. And this is what it's turned into. Well, you're doing it well, my man. I appreciate the actual time that you probably spent going like, hey, how how do I want to make this my own? Because there's, you know, obviously there are many, 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 many examples, thousands of them. If you look up YouTube. And just type in guitar. It's like you've never seen that many commas. 
you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, obviously, to do something and you're you're kind of catching lightning in a bottle, you know, in, in certain terms, I suppose, that for something to do well that is already being done thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of times over um, and to still be able to, to like make your own splash in that, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely a challenge. I mean, every time I sit down to, to make a video, you know, I, there, there are a few times where a video will just happen and it'll just, I, I can turn on the camera, have it shot and edited and ready to upload in like an hour and a half. Most times it's not that way. Most times it's, beating my head against the wall, trying to find a creative way of saying something or Mm -hmm. what do I want to say? What information am I trying? Am I trying to teach somebody something? Am I trying to share something? Am I trying to highlight a piece of gear? Um, so it's definitely something I'm still figuring out. You know, my, I guess my outlook for YouTube is I want to be doing this five years from now, 10 years from now. That's great. I really love this thing and this platform. And, the thing to me that's cool about it is you have, this is the only platform when it comes to like media out there where the content creator, the person making the video and the person, person viewing the video has a direct connection, right? Netflix doesn't have that. Direct TV doesn't have that. You know, this is the first time we've really experience something. So I think for a lot of people who are getting into YouTube or or love the platform, I think that's one of the main reasons why. And that's one of the main reasons as a creator, I love doing what I'm doing because it's building this community of people who are like-minded and creative and love, you know, we're, we're all guitar players, all musicians. We love gear. We love music. We love, you know, playing shows, all this stuff. So to me, it's not about, you know, making videos that look cool or getting free gear or whatever it's it's literally about like building a community of people that we all like the same thing and we can kind of learn from each other and and talk about stuff in a fun way and yeah well again that totally lines up with the approach that that we got here with the with guitar knobs is that it's that you hit it it's that one-to-one connection or at least perceived one-to-one connection until you start getting actual connection back and that that's the hard part is that first that first sort of you know uh, you set yourself adrift and you're like here i am i'm outputting and and you're just waiting for the feels back yeah oh man and you know i'm obviously you just explained how you are working on things where you're you you know you're kind of banging your head against the wall trying to figure out how to do this or do that and it's like i think that people Truly don't realize how much work goes into doing something good in in media. I certainly didn't starting this out. We get asked all the time, like, "Oh, why don't you guys do a YouTube channel and stuff?" And and I actually started putting out the podcast on YouTube, audio right. only. Right. And I stopped. I'm like, this is too much work. Just to even upload audio. I can't. I. It's not that I don't want to put in the work or don't care about it. It's that like I actually don't have. The, ex, the the time it takes to do that and the rest of my life. Right. And this. Yeah. So especially video, you're working with video and audio and recording yourself and doing it's like, man, that's a that's a lot of work. So not only to you, but to everybody else that is putting out content in an effort to try to connect with people, like seriously, giant hats off to you for putting that out for everybody. It's, it's tough sometimes, you know, those first five or six months were like a big (laughs) test because yeah, I would spend 13, 14, 15 hours on one video. I would put it up and it would get 30 views. Mm. And the next one I would get 35 views. And I, I just knew, you know, I was really lucky because I had my friend Rick to kind of bounce ideas off of who had had been building this thing and had personal experience. And so he was a big help for me to kind of encourage me because there were several times along the way where I was like, okay, I can't do this anymore. Like this is just killing me, you know? Yeah. But if anybody out there listening to this is thinking about going down the YouTube path, you know, 
first of all, if you're thinking about it and you've been thinking about it and it's something that you still are considering, you're probably the right type of person to get into YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a ton of work. It, it's not something to get into for the money. Like if you start a channel thinking like, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to start, you know, making these, these Google dollars, like that's not, <laughs> you're, you're going to be sorely, sorely disappointed. It, it has to be something else it has to be like a drive for creativity and a drive to share your voice and to, you know, whatever it is educate, entertain. Um, that's, that's where it has to come from. And, you know, but yeah, those, those first few months or weeks or years or whatever can be really, really tough. So, and have a plan. Yes. <laughs> have a point of view, have a plan and, and, and make sure that, that you can carry that plan out more than, you know, two or three episodes. Yeah. Which brings me to the point of like, let's talk about a little bit of your content. All of your content has been really engaging. So how are you approaching what you are deciding you want to do? Well, the first thing I think about is, is this something that I would want to watch? Right. So for me, one of the first things I decided I didn't want to do on YouTube was just straight ahead pedal demos. There's nothing wrong with that. There's a ton of people that do that incredibly well, but that's why I didn't want to do that. There's, it's a really crowded space. Right. Um, and to be honest, you know, as, as a YouTube consumer, as someone who was on YouTube all the time, very rarely do I go and just watch pedal demos. I know that's a subjective thing, but for me, I've always, the, the channels and the people that I subscribe to and have stayed subscribed to for years do a couple of things. They are, you know, their, their production quality is high. They're visually and engaging and they're also sharing a story or a piece of information in a compelling way. And so for me, I thought about, okay, well, let's say, you know, Vertex wants me to do a quote demo of their pedal. Well, how am I going to do this my way? Mm-hmm. And the thing that I figured out was, well, rather than just doing a pedal demo that some people are going to watch only if they're interested in buying the pedal and they want to hear it before they buy it, why don't I teach a concept about tone or about playing using that pedal. So I've done this now with a bunch of stuff. You know, the overdrive stacking one is a, is a great example of that where, Hey, we all love overdrive pedals. We all love distortion pedals. Let's talk about combining them and techniques to think about like before you just throw two pedals in front of each other on your board, like here's some things to kind of work out and think about first. And maybe you could try this or, Hey, if you don't have a fuzz pedal, but you have a boost pedal and an overdrive, you can make a fuzz out of it. Yeah. Um, and so what I found is with that kind of thing, it's way more engaging because people are learning something. They're gaining something for, or hopefully they're learning something if I'm doing my job correctly. Um, and it's, inter- I try and make it entertaining. That's why, you know, a lot of my videos open up with like a track and some, some fancy looking B roll that I've shot and a track that I've written and recorded and stuff is, um, you know, I want to, I want to entertain people as well as inform them. Well, I think something else is adding to it is it's you, you got like a kind of an intimate setup visually and it, it doesn't it doesn't feel like you're trying to put on a show. You're <laughs> you're coming to at at somebody like how most people are playing in their homes. Like, you know, they're they're maybe playing through a USB interface or they've got an amp and you know, in a small room with all their gear that they love and so you're surrounded you, it, it's sort of like it's it's a little bit like looking into a mirror that is helping you out. <laughs> yeah, I'm laughing because I'm literally sitting in a storage closet. My studio, my YouTube and music <laughs> studio is literally a storage closet, an unfinished closet in a basement with if you're hearing stuff in the background, that's something in the plumbing, some pump that keeps kicking. We were out. wondering, like, is are you rolling across Probably the floor? Some like, pump, man. Like some Team pump. America yes, style or <laughs> I also have every time I have to turn to do a video. I have to run upstairs and turn the HVAC system off because oh I've had plenty of takes ruined by this big machine kicking on in the middle of a <laughs> sentence. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I'm not, I'm not in some big fancy studio or or anything. I, I'm making do with with what I've got to work with at the moment. So along along the notes of of creating that content and using all kinds of, uh, you know, you're probably dipping into your your 
obviously you have a lot of gear. So, um, you know, dipping in your own gear, you're getting gear that is either being sent to you or experiencing it in different ways, much like everybody else who's doing this kind of thing. Yeah. As you're looking at this greater landscape, what are some things that a may so, okay. Two part question. What are you kind of just like, okay, enough about this. If you want to touch on that, you don't have to, that's fine. Uh, and also, what are what are a few things that you are excited about and hope to see begin to evolve on on YouTube, just in general, or no or in a, in in the gear in the gears oh, yeah, gearosphere? Gear yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, man, things that I'm I'm I guess kind of tired of seeing is uh, I don't I don't really know if I'm tired of seeing anything because what I feel like we're living through a golden age of gear right now mm-hmm. you think about every winter NAM every summer NAM there's at least a handful of companies that are coming out with some really hip cool stuff that's like whoa I've never thought of using that kind of effect or blending in EQ a compression and a boost all in one pedal or whatever so mm-hmm. I actually think it's a pretty great time to be in the gear guitar or music world. It's getting cheaper than ever to get into, you know, making and recording your own music. You can buy an interface and a mic now for, you know, what, like a hundred bucks or something and and get speakers. Everyone's pretty much everyone's smartphone has more computing power than the best studios did in the nineties, you know, when Pro Tools were coming out. So I'm actually pretty excited about where things are at right now and in the gear community both for guitar players and just people who are wanting to create music and express themselves you know Mm -hmm. um specifically though things i i really love small boutique builders like you know with guitars amps pedals and everything i really love people that are like you know what because it's kind of the I guess I sort of identify with it in a way with the YouTube channel where it was like I saw an opening I was like you know what there's nobody really saying what I want to say in the way that I want to say it so why don't I just say it and I I see that with people like Dennis Fano and Novo guitars like I'm a big Novo fan Um, I bought a Novo about two years ago when I was touring with the Muddy Magnolias and fell in love if you've seen the channel at all you've definitely seen that guitar because it's in almost every one of my videos and that's what i really dig about you know novo specifically you know to answer your question i'll 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 shout them out like i'm really excited about novo and what dennis fano is doing and by proxy revolta and eastwood Mm -hmm. um because you know I really, I've gotten to know Dennis really well over the past, you know, maybe year and a half. And you could not meet a sweeter, more humble, down to earth dude, as well as Matthew, who you guys had on the show a a while ago. Like the guys there in Nashville are, you know, the funny thing is, and I don't know if they'll tell you this, but I've had conversations with Matthew where it's like, they don't really care about the money they just want to build guitars like that's all they want to do they just want to make killer guitars that people want to play and they love doing it it's so clear love it they love it every time i go to the factory in nashville i stop by basically every time i'm in town and i go hang out there and i'm i inevitably stay there for probably two or three hours because we just sit and start talking about guitars and what they're doing and you know dennis will show a prototype drawing of something he's working on and it's just it's a really it's a really cool place to be around right. and be involved and in. i really really dig those guys well and you just hit on something that obviously you know i, I we we are running similar paths where you know, I saw an opening. I was like, the thing that I care about that I really am into, nobody's really talking about right. so much in that same vein. And what you find out is that for every Novo or, or another made more prominent boutique builder, there are several others who are equally as passionate, just haven't got there yet. Yeah. And oh, yeah. they they love it to a point of going massively in debt and <laughs> losing their mind and, and all that stuff. But it doesn't matter. They still do it. I mean, I'm, I, there's two guys at my table who are doing the same thing, um, but right. they're, they're making a living out of, but you know, I've still lost my mind. <laughs> <laughs> all you have to do is listen to the podcast and see where I'm at. Yeah. I'm glad that you're out there 
approaching this from a different angle, it's good to hear that uh, that, that is being considered and not... I think a lot of people do it because they just want to say that they're, you know, hey, I'm in the game too. But yeah. again, don't have a point of view. And that's just it's just important because that's what's obviously keeping people engaged and stuff. Right, yeah. yeah. Solid, man. Well, uh, everybody out there, please go check out Rhett's YouTube channel. Do you want to say the official name so they can find it? Yeah, it's just my name, Rhett Schull, just R-H-E-T-T-S-H-U-L-L. You just Google that or, well, yeah, I mean, Google owns YouTube, so yeah. just Google it. It'll pop up. Yeah, and if for some reason you can't possibly remember his name or you we don't have our podcast up in front of you, if you just do like stacking overdrives, it'll come up. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure. Or WTF Gibson. <laughs> yeah. Or W or WTF Gibson. <laughs> exactly. Uh, pop up soon. Yeah. Well, dude, thank you so much. Um, we got we're gonna got a couple things to wrap up the old shoe. Sure. As everybody who is listening, who has listened before, is familiar, we've got a special segment. And if you're not, well, here you go. Would you rather? All right. Nice. Okay. So you're going to the guitar show and you have this big old set of clear drums and you, they've just been laying around taking space and you just Wait, don't you're, play you're, them. You're, you're taking drums to a guitar show? You that are. Is, why would you do that? Because you are trying to trade them. clear like lucite? That's right. So you can see through them. That's right. So they're How old. Many That's right. How many pieces? Um... <laughs> a seven set. Oh, nice! Just a big old giant old set. Oh boy! To be specific, let's just say they're Zikos. Okay, that's pretty so, specific. I feel yeah. like this is coming from real life. I think it is. I think <laughs> okay. it's going to end up that way. Right. So, so you you come across two items that you know you're going to be able to trade. You just have to decide which ones they are. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first item you come across. Uh, it's either going to be an old vintage Ampeg V2 amp. <laughs> that this is, is very. This specific. is sounding very familiar. <laughs> That's right. Where have I heard this before? Yeah, our uh, our listeners will know if they listen back far enough. And this, and it's you don't that know. That sounds the, like a terrible. It's idea. a mystery. It's a mystery amp. Mystery amp. Very mystery like because you don't know if it works or not it's 150 pounds but it looks really cool okay and and you didn't and you and you don't (laughs) plug it in you don't plug in it because you don't have time you don't care okay you just want to get rid of the drums right gotcha okay or or you pass by and then which catches your attention an old rickenbacker painted with a paintbrush wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute a Rickenbacker painted with a paintbrush? That's right. That also sounds vaguely familiar. I, I think I've heard this story <laughs> yes, somewhere only, before. Only, uh, <laughs> yes, that sounds familiar to me. Yeah. <laughs> so the wife says there's no way in heck you're coming home with those drums. Which one of those are you, you going to take home the V2, the Ampeg, that you don't know it works or not? Or and it's Rickenbacker just head. painted? It's just the head. That's right. Huh? It's heavy, too. And okay. it has... Weird tubes and in the it. Pe- and the people that have it are sketchy looking. That's right. Okay, <laughs> from both sides. <laughs> okay. I'll give you that, especially <laughs> the ones with the drums. <laughs> okay, boy, this is crazy. I can't imagine this. Act- all of these very specific things happening in real life. Yeah, how strange. Uh, Tony, what are you going with? Oh man, that's that's a no brainer. I'd, I'd take the Rickenbacker, even if it's got paint paint brush strokes on it. Yep. It's going to be worth more than any crappy ampeg. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, Jared, did you trade for an ampeg? I can't All right, remember. let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. All right. Uh, Jared, what are you going with? Well, I'll tell if you what you I'm had going. the chance to do it over. Yeah. No, I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm going to take that ampeg, yeah, right. and I'm going to roll the dice. And you're going to spend how much more to get it working? And then I'm going to take it to... To uh, Mad Cow, Mad, Mad cow. cow, yeah, and get it four or some odd months later because he's a busy dude. Rob. I told him to take his time. You know, I told Rob him Rob just Chafe. take your time, and he he was good with me on that too. So, um, really great guy. Um, and I did pay more than what I had into every. I mean, I lost on this, but I got the amp back. And I am in love with this amp. Oh, okay, fantastic! I'm in love with it. It's so Every, it's so pedal friendly. It's so happy ending. It's yeah. It, yeah, you wouldn't believe how you know 
friendly it is to pedals and it's very it's got a lot, it's got a lot it's got the of moxie it's got headroom for you, days. You got well. The cool thing about it is the tones; they do something. Yeah. The lows actually give it, you know, big lows, and the highs give it screeching highs. You turn it down, and I mean, it, it's so. It works. Wait, so wait, I thought this was like a hypothetical thing. Oh yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> okay. Go on, hey uh, Red. What would you choose? Okay, hold on. I need more information on this on this Rickenbacker. <laughs> yes, describe this paint job to me is this like a solid color that somebody painted with a paintbrush or are we talking it started like, off as like, a white rickenbacker <laughs> it started off okay. as yes that someone took actually a, i believe this is natural oh it was natural <laughs> i believe it was a natural oh, okay so it was a maple glow maple maple glow uh but with um <laughs> with a an old uh exterior house paint paintbrush oh, and dark red paint <laughs> so probably lead based um, we can only hope <laughs> we can only yeah. hope you Man. can play Led Zeppelin then. Yes. Oh. <laughs> oh wow. Good. Uh, over the pick guard too. Just <laughs> to be guard. to be perfectly that's, clear. That's right. what, what more <laughs> you would expect that. That's. Uh, and this yeah. is a real story. My my uh, my youth days. I had a friend after I, I got one of my guitars. He decided to get a guitar too because naturally we were going to start a band. <laughs> and I came over and I didn't know a whole lot about guitars at that point, but I sure. knew he did something really wrong. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm probably still gonna take the my chances with the lead based paint chipping off and go with the Rick. Okay, excellent, good idea. I'm gonna go with uh, Jared on the on the Ampeg. Oh. I like an Ampeg. A lot of my old my old uh, sort of favorite brands played Ampeg stuff. I I uh, investigated a few Ampegs here and there, and and I'm not uh, I'm not a Rick guy. I'm just saying. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah. you're not man the, enough to the amp's gonna not, the I'm amp not. man the amp's gonna blow your eardrums away. Yeah. I like I'm not loud. either, but I've just loaded enough super heavy amps around. To <laughs> that's, exactly. that's also a good point. Yes, yeah. cool man. Uh, thank you, Jared, for our lovely uh, hypothetical, hypoth- very <laughs> totally hypothetical. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, we've got a, a couple things that we want to take care of real quick before we get out. Tony's favorite thing. My favorite thing. Now I haven't done this in a couple of weeks, and I can't I had remember to do it for you twice. Did did do you like it when I uh, make a long extended oh, version? Oh, I love it. Todd's were longer. Love editing part? that. That's my favorite oh, part. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard you like all the spaces between the names. You're just clipping on me. Oh no, I'm not. <laughs> I, I I can't talk that fast. This I have one long name. Half of your stuff. Well, hey, at this time in the show, yes. There are some very special people that we want to thank. And that is 100% legit. This is 100% legit. Yep. This is not hypothetical. I will not joke about this. No, we do not joke. These are our executive producers. In order to become an executive producer, you have to head over to patreon.com. And you can look at that level, and there's other levels. And Forward every, slash the guitar knobs. Forward slash the guitar knobs. Sorry about that. With every level, there are special prize packages rewards even rewards you might call them i will call them you can call them that the pent ultimate mm-hmm. level is our executive producer level because Ooh, in yeah. addition to all of these great so-called rewards yes jared what happens you get to have your name read on the thing and that's what i'm gonna do right now do it to it Pru. i'm doing to it and first of all i want to personally welcome on board ken sayers now todd had accidentally misspelled his name and for a couple of weeks we were giving him the wrong name yeah silly billy and uh so so todd is very very sorry he's 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 he was crying I'm a sensitive earlier. guy he was he could almost play a rickenbacker anyhow <laughs> uh so ken sayers welcome aboard Corey nigro doug gan brad partridge michael van zant doug christ zach j wright gary goodman and son beckett Woo-hoo! darren gregory Robert Marfleet, John Anglin, Chris Kearney, John S. Oliver Gonzalez, John Daly, Robin Smith, Pete Marshall, Carlos Mancha, Matt Brammer, David Wolfson, Martin Cliff, and our original executive producer, Mr. Tom Barazin. Hey, there you go, everybody. Thank you guys so much for doing that, and thank you to our one and five dollar uh patrons you you guys truly help keep the show going and we it is you. so truly appreciated thank you thank you thank you thank you Rhett. yes thank you 
seriously, I want to say thank you guys for having me. This has been uh, a ton of fun and I am a genuine fan of the show. So Great. huge thanks. Thank Appreciate you, it. my man. That it means a lot coming from you. So you've already you've already told people uh your YouTube channel. Are there other ways that people can get a hold of you? Yeah, retshoal.com, just my name, .com. And there you can find links to, I have some merch. I have some of my own Kemper profiles that I have uh, created and I'm selling. And I am also nice. have all of my tour dates uh, posted on there. I'm going on tour in November. So if you are in the Southeast, you want to come hang at a show, go check that out. Awesome. I, I think it's worth also mentioning, you know, we we have obviously a lot of builders on the show. And for all of our builder listeners and and uh, official knobs, if you want to get uh, him to play your stuff, yeah, get in, get a hold of him. Yeah, you can you can email me from the website directly, and we can uh, get in touch. Hmm. Yes, so I'll also be at uh, Winter Nam hanging out. So. Hey, we will be too. So we hey, will see you there. Let's do a thing. Let's let's make a video or something. I like it. Yeah, I sure. like it. I'm all over it. Yes. All right, uh, Tony. Well, I we had to do this for you too. By the did way, did you? Yes. I didn't. I didn't get a chance to hear how they yes. sounded. Hopefully they well, were they're, good. They'd they're better have been good. They're amazing. So let's just say you need a custom pickguard or you're changing out pickups. I or didn't say that. All kinds of things. Go to pickguardian.com. <laughs> the easiest way that you can see you know, what I do, mm-hmm. order some stuff up, send me. There's a link to email. Always best to ask questions. Uh, if you want to see some of the projects that I've been doing, uh, head over to uh, to uh, Instagram. Mm-hmm. And it's the, uh, it's, it, the name is pickguardian and the number one. And uh, there's some things on Facebook too, but uh, yeah, get a hold of me. We'll take care of you. Good stuff. And if you have a pig guard from Pig Guardian, take a picture of it and give drop Post a hashtag it. and, a, and tag him it. in it. And same it thing for Jared a, over yeah, here. It has a sticker on the back. It does have a sticker yeah. on the back. Jared, everyone, thank you. Oh uh, yeah, if you uh, you need some pickups, uh, new pickups or old looking pickups, whatever, uh, go to brandonwompickups.com. Yeah, I also do repairs and get them out pretty quickly and pretty. Efficient doing so, Jared at BrandonWalmPickup.com. Pickups.com, sorry about that, is my email. Cool. Uh, you can get a hold of me at Todd at TheGuitarKnobs.com. Drop me a line. Uh, check us out on Instagram. Make sure you're following us. Stay with it. Thank you to Rhett. Thank you to Tony. Thank you to Jared. Thank all of you for listening. Have an awesome guitar week, and subscribe! Yeah. yeah. Thank you, too. Okay. Well, that's it for these knobs please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash theguitarknobs. Visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes, Four on the Floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram at guitarknobs. Catch you next time.